Andy Grunberg is a um, critic, curator, and professor. He was the photography critic for the New York Times from 81 to 1991. And his writings have appeared in Art Form and Art in America. And um, these uh, writings have been collected in a book called Crisis of the Real. In 2000, he received an Infinity Award for his uh, writings on photography from the International Center of Photography in New York. And he is currently the Administrative Chair of Photography at the Corcoran College of Art and Design in Washington, DC. So thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks for coming, everybody. I'm going to try and speak loudly enough that everyone can hear me without the assistance of a mechanical device. So if that proves to be false and you can't hear what I'm saying, just raise your hand or interrupt me, OK? In fact, you can interrupt me anytime you want to. So what I wanted to do today, I'm in, this has a name, Currents? Yes, Currents. Currents, which is a, a, an exhibition of recent acquisitions to the Hirshhorn's collections. And I thought we should start in this, what we think of as the John Baldessari room. Uh, just to kind of orient us towards one of my main concerns, which most of my work has to do with the role of photography within contemporary art is my particular interest. And um, my historical interest is in the period that we call postmodernism. So I'm going to talk a little bit about postmodernism today, even though it's a word that's not used regularly in contemporary art as much as it used to be. And um, part of that is that I've been thinking a lot about postmodernism because I'm involved in a project at the Corcoran um, to do a kind of uh, mega show in 2011 about postmodernism. So I've been spending much of the last semester and much of this semester thinking about what postmodernism was and what it means for today. And it's, it's my contention that to really understand contemporary art, you need to go back at least to um, the mid-70s and into the 80s and sort of see why um, artists became interested in issues of representation and particularly in um, the camera in terms of still photography and film, which allows me to plug the show that's upstairs, which is called um, The Cinema Effect. This is the first part of two-part show, which is really great. So when I get done babbling on, I encourage everybody to go look at The Cinema Effect. So this is a, a kind of great place to start with John Baldessari's Blasted Allegories. Um, this is part of a whole series that he did using photographs and text. And for those of you that don't know a lot about John, he started out as a painter. At a certain point, he burnt his paintings because he decided that was like an old-fashioned thing for contemporary artists to do. There's a piece over there about the um, ceremony of cremating the paintings. And then he also made, afterwards, made paintings which consist only of text. His interest in photography wasn't the same interest that photographers had, which photographers, ever since the invention of photography, have been trying to make photography into an art form in itself to sort of like make a picture that is, has the qualities formally or compositionally or um, optically that would allow people to call it art. 
Baldessari wasn't interested in that kind of artist practice of photography. He was interested in more in the way in which photography created an environment that forms our view of contemporary life. And so he did a lot of work with film stills, with found photographs, with things that he didn't take. So none of this in this piece, which is a rather complicated joke about conceptual art, if you ask me, um, none of these photographs he took. He, he took, well, he might have taken them off TV, but the images themselves aren't claiming to be John Baldessari images. They're claiming to be excerpts from a whole stream of pictures that are in contemporary culture, from TV, from Hollywood movies, from advertisements, from magazines, all that stuff. Um, by the time that he made this, which is, date please? 1978. Artists had become aware of a whole um, aspect of contemporary life that hadn't really been a subject for art yet, which was the, the sort of media stream of images that the camera supplied. Baldessari was very influential because he taught at Cal Arts for many years, and this room has um, so shows some of his influence, especially Christopher Williams, who was the, um, the poster child picture for this talk, who was a student of Baldessari's and whose work is specifically about photography as a kind of medium of conventional practice. So um, this picture, which is kind of a goofball portrait of this woman, which looks like an advertising photograph, is accompanied over here by a um, what's titled a Kodak three-point reflection glide. It's basically a control strip of the kind that used to be used before we all got all digital and started reproducing things digitally. Um, photographers had to include these in pictures for the benefit of the printer so that when they made color plates, they would be able to expose the plates um, correctly. So there's black and white guides for the amount of tonal exposure, and then there's the um, four colors of plate making included in it as well. So this is kind of a reference to photography's status as this re reproducible object. This becomes one of the ways in which we think about a postmodern world as being a world that's filled with reproduced photographs of a conventional site. And this becomes a subject for artists who have no relationship to what we would think of as the, the tradition of practicing photography as an art. So let's move over to what I want to focus on most, which is Nikki Lee's photographs, which are over in this corner here. Don't step inside the boundaries of the things on the floor, please. So watch out for that. And don't get closer to this bed than the imaginary rectangle that these words sketch out for us. It's kind of an anonymous Hirshhorn sculpture, the words on the floor. <laughs> so Nikki Lee is a contemporary artist whose work consists entirely of photography. In fact, she's interesting because she studied photography, but her reception um, is as a contemporary artist, what is now generally known as a photo-based artist, of which there are thousands today. Um, 
she's collected by the Hirschhorn. She has shows in museums and galleries all the time. Her first works really um, appeared in 1999, so give or take a few years. She's a great example of a 21st century artist. And what I want to try and make the case for today is that her work is totally informed by ideas of postmodernism, even though nobody has ever wanted to call Nikki Lee a postmodernist artist or to claim that, that she has, um, that she's continuing postmodernism into the 21st century. I would say my idea is that postmodernism was a historical period that was roughly delineated, delimited by um, say circa 1975 to circa 1990. That, that, that's when people were having a discourse about postmodernism. That's when most of the critical ideas that informed postmodernism were around. And that's when most of the work that really addressed the, the fundamental ideas of postmodernism were, were made. So one of the, what, the, the salient doxa or tenets of all postmodernism is an idea that authorship is not um, claimable by the person that makes something. That if you're a writer and you write a novel, you're the author of the novel, but actually the people that read it are as important to the meaning of it as the person that writes it. Okay, this is a simple way of thinking about the fact that an audience is doing the interpretation that creates meaning for a work. So, so one of the kind of extensions of this idea of the, what was called the death of the author is that because of the way meaning is created, that we're, that we're actually not integral people. Not only are we not integral authors in terms of determining the meaning of what we do, but, but that as people we're actually made up of um, the, the cultural conditions that surround us and a lot of it has to do with the media world in which we live. So an artist like Cindy Sherman, who's very important in terms of um, Nikki S. Lee, it, Cindy Sherman made this series, the famous Untitled Film Still series, in which she basically photographs herself in these roles as kind of B-film starlet or abandoned woman or all these different kinds of pictures that look like things that you've seen before. And, you know, there's, there's no real Cindy Sherman that's going to stand up in this whole body of work. The, the, the critique of Untitled Film Stills is it's basically about the fact that she's explaining that she's made up her her identity is made up of all these roles that are provided by the media world of film, television, advertising, um, magazines that, 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 we're, that we don't autonomously form our own identity. So I think that's an idea that's apparent in Nikki Lee's work because what she does, and we have two different series here, is she becomes a part of a subculture that's not her, right? She was born in 1970 in Korea, so um, she's actually Korean, but she has this chameleon-like ability to become part of the hip-hop scene and masquerade as a um, kind of um, Beyonce-type person. <laughs> and, and then in this 
group of three over here, she takes on the role of being a senior citizen and, um, you know, someone who carries an AARP card probably a, a, for a long time. So, so what she's doing is, is really doing a similar thing to what Sherman did, which is, is saying that her identity is not, not this one fixed thing, but is able to cast itself out into these other subcultures. And, and, and it's interesting from her point of view, or autobiographically, biographically, that she's born in Korea and then she comes to study photography at NYU and in the 90s and takes up residence in New York, but she refuses the name Korean-American. She thinks that would be for somebody else who would be maybe Korean, but born, like who had Korean parents, but was born in, in America. So even that kind of idea of how we categorize people in these different places is, is a refusal of hers. So in a sense, she's showing that identity is fungible and, and evanescent or changeable. And, and in another sense, she's, she's kind of refusing those categories that she, that she joins into. So like if she can become a hip hop artist one month and then go on and become a um, senior citizen the next, that means that we're all kind of like able to, to loosen these boundaries of the, of the language that we use to define groups, right? So, so somehow in doing this, she's, she's loosening the bounds of, of how we make definitions about who we are and part of the postmodern idea is that if we're not autonomously in control of our identity, then it follows that that we have there that there's some sort of cultural condition that's defining our identity for us. And that's kind of the second major idea I want to talk about, which which is cultural work, which another sort of extrapolation of postmodern theory was that we need to make categories of other people so that that we define ourselves against them, the idea of difference. So, that, so what's, what's called the other is always necessary for us so that we can say, well, we're not that, so then we know who we are, right? So this led to a lot of work more at the end of the 80s and into the 90s in, in which a lot of artists of um, color, artists, women artists, um, artists kind of like outside the mainstream of the the white male master artists were making work about their particular cultural conditions. So you see artists like Carrie Mae Weems, Lorna Simpson, Carol Walker starting in the 90s to make work that addresses their status as African-American women. You have um, Dean Lee making work about being a Viet Vietnamese um, American or at least a Vietnamese person living in America. You have all these artists that are exploring their particular cultural condition and, and using photography, which is this implement of mass media stereotyping, to kind of get to, their, to, to exactly what it is about them that they feel is culturally distinct. So um, in the same way, Nikki Lee is doing that only without any allegiance to particular. She hasn't done a series where she casts herself as a Korean, right? It's everything but that, but by choosing to exist in these other cultures and besides hip hop and 
senior citizens, she's done, um, she's been a Hispanic, she's been, um, what are some of the other ones, maybe Ryan? She was Japanese, she, did, she kind of does everything but, hmm? Skateboarding? Yeah, she was a skateboard kid. So she also does ages, I guess I should mention too, yeah. And what is she in Ohio? She's kind of the middle of the white trash. Yeah, white, a white trash person, always a good culture to, to be in. Um, so, this, so, so the second debt she has to postmodernism, I think, besides the, the preoccupation with identity, is this preoccupation with culture as being the defining thing that, that shapes us in the world and how how in some sense arbitrary that is. I mean, these, these, when you look at these pictures, you have to think about the fact that we, we recognize a category, hip hop, skateboard, white trash in Ohio, but, but that she's kind of, she's violating that territory by joining it. So, so those things are actually more um, capable of being trespassed or being broken out of, and to me, most people think that postmodernism is, post is kind of depressing and, you know, death of the author doesn't sound really happy, does it? Um, but I think one of the things that I've been trying to look on the bright side of postmodernism for the past few months, and, and I think one of the things that, that postmodernism permits us to do is to, is to have the possibility of, of seeing ways in which we can redefine ourselves, we can break out of these kind of categories of, of cultural identity that are pre-established and, and make our own. I mean, a lot of artists are involved in this. The person that I think is, is close to Nikki Lee in terms of what they're doing um, using photography is Lyle Ashton Harris, who's just had a show at Adamson Gallery where he cast himself as Billie Holiday and all sorts of other kind of characters, but re always refusing to take on this one identity as like what he is, which is a African-American gay man, it's like, well, that's, that's too narrow a category for him because he's searching more for what makes him individually unique rather than just trying to find a comfortable little category to inhabit and be in. And I think that's Certainly what a lot of artists today are interested in is, that, is the flexibility of, that um, the art, and specifically the camera provides in terms of how they sh shape their public persona um, either as an artist or by extension as a human being.